While You Were Folding, Episode 3, Battling Distraction. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about marriage, parenting, faith, friendship, culture, what I'm reading and watching, and whatever else strikes my fancy. Most importantly, it's a great excuse to connect with and learn from like-minded women who are committed to beginning again each day. I will not pretend to be an expert, but I will ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Hello, and welcome back to While You Were Folding. This is episode three. Today, I'm going to be talking about how I battle distraction as a wife and mother. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father of mercy, thank you so much for the gift of a new day, for fresh beginnings, for the opportunity I had to go to confession this week with my spiritual director to really start to get a better sense of how distraction is playing a role in my vocation as a wife and a mom. Please bless this episode, help it to be a blessing to others as I talk through my struggles with distraction in my vocation. And please help it just to start a conversation so that we can build one another up and share the things that are distracting us and also the ways that we are battling distraction so that we can get back to the job that God has placed before us. We pray these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So Last week, I shared my episode with Brianna Kaup about mom mental health. If you missed that one, please go on back to katherineboucher.com and you can find the old episodes there. Otherwise, if you're subscribing to the podcast on a, a um, app like Stitcher or Downcast, you can find the old episodes, especially if you subscribe to the episodes, you should have them in your files. So in general, my plan is to share an episode with a guest every other week, but I'm trying not to be really rigid about that pattern. That's part of my goals for 2018. I'm trying not to be such a perfectionist. So it's my hope that in general, I'll have an episode with a guest every other week, but depending on what's happening with life, how busy things are, I may have to change that pattern down the road. So um, next week, I'll probably share an episode with a guest, but we'll see what this week holds. I thought it'd be a good idea to circle back and share a little weekly update. Last week, I shared with you that I have some intellectual and emotional goals for this year, and I stole this format from Michael Hyatt, who, since the last episode I shared, I've learned much more about him. Turns out, (laughs) he's kind of a big deal, and I feel kind of silly for releasing that episode without knowing more about him, but... He has been a game changer for me so far this year. I've really enjoyed using his planner, the, let's see what the name of it is, the full focus planner. It has really helped me to prioritize things, not in a perfectionistic, perfectionistic, achievement oriented way, but in a big picture, what is it that I'm supposed to be accomplishing because of what God has placed before me each day kind of way. 
So he has these different 10 different categories of goals. And last week, I shared what I had hoped to do in terms of my intellectual and emotional goals. So I thought I'd share how last week went with those. Um, For my intellectual goals, I didn't do quite as well. I started my Bible study, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm doing the Scott Hahn Bible study from the book of Matthew from the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, and that has been phenomenal. I did not do my Schultz photo school class for an hour, so I'm hoping to do that. But I have been working on the podcast and becoming better and better with all of the different software involved with that. I even did an interview on the road remotely from our kids' school. I interviewed Sister Mary Immaculata, so I really am looking forward to releasing that episode. As far as my emotional goals go... I have made really big progress in this area. I talked about how I'm wanting to journal in the morning during my morning prayer time, and that has been really helpful to help me get a sense of where my um, overall emotions were for that day and what's been going on. And within my journal, I also have a spot where the calendar for each day just listed numerically, and within that little spot, I am tracking... Guys, you can plug your ears at this point. (laughs) I've been tracking what day I am in my cycle. And then right next to the number marking what day I am in my cycle, I'm charting my emotions for each day on a scale of one through five. And I came up with um, adjectives describing what each number stands for. So one is at the bottom of the scale. Five is at the top of the scale. And I give a numeric value at the end of each day before I go to bed for where my emotions were for that day. Five is the very best. I'm feeling joy-filled. Let me just pause right here to open up my journal to see exactly what my adjectives are. Because I think that's helpful to get more specific to find out how people are really keeping track of where their emotions are on a day-to-day basis. So a five I would put as being very joy-filled, great. For a four, I would say positive, pleasant, optimistic. Three would be a neutral, stable, nothing bad or good necessarily happened that day. Two would be negative, feeling doubtful or upset. And I would say a one would be bad, horrible, feeling like I'm in a funk, or even possibly feeling depressed that day. So it's been helpful for me to have those numbers in mind and on a day-to-day basis go through and mark not only where I am in my cycle, but where my overall emotions were for that day. And I am proud to share that Philip even noticed last week, despite being toward the end of my cycle, gearing up for a new one, uh, he anticipated the regular emotional roller coaster that comes with that. And he said, despite knowing where we were with things, that things were in a very good place and things seemed to be affecting me less. And so that was awesome. And I think a lot of that is because I've been working on my goal of not feeling guilty anymore because of my feelings. So I allow myself to feel whatever I'm feeling in the moment, whether it's feeling sad, happy, angry, anxious, etc., and then acknowledging it and then allowing myself to move on. And that's been awesome. (laughs) And I have also been taking breaks when things are starting to feel like 
I'm getting anxious or angry about things. And a lot of that is because my friend Brianna, the guest on last week's episode, she helped me to figure out that I'm not so much struggling with anger in my life, that the anger is actually a response to anxiety that I have. And that anxiety is happening because the moments when I'm feeling that anger, it's because I'm in a moment where I have become out of control, where I'm feeling like the perfectionism is not working, that life is truly not in my control, especially in the arena of parenthood. That's where it rears its ugly head most for me. So I will, for example, be trying to get everyone out the door in the morning, and despite my best laid plans, someone forgets a library book, we can't find the missing shoe for the preschooler, the toddler has a diaper blowout, and it looks like we're going to be late for the day. Suddenly, I feel out of control, the power door on the minivan doesn't work and won't close, and there's an icy road, and the drop-off line is backed up. And so suddenly my morning that I had planned out to the best of my ability is no longer in my control. And I start to get really anxious about it. And on a bad day, I try to raise my voice because that's my response to trying to control things. So my anxiety results in anger with my kids. But now that I've been talking through that with Brianna and reflecting on that more and realizing that my anger is happening when I'm feeling out of control, I have gotten a much better hold on it. So I don't feel guilty any longer when I start to feel that anger bubbling up. Instead, I'm learning just to take a deep breath to realize, okay, big picture, it's not going to matter if we have a tardy on the report card at the end of the quarter. And yes, it is still my goal to get everyone out the door on time every day. And we haven't even had a tardy yet <laughs> this year. So I don't know why this makes me so anxious, but I think it goes back to the control and the perfectionism. And Brianna has helped me to realize that when I can be more gentle with myself and take that step back, and be more reflective in the moment and ask myself those questions, it's much easier to control that anxiousness that I feel and to allow myself to let go of the control and realize how much in our day-to-day lives truly is not in my control and to have a healthier response when those moments happen. So that's been really awesome. And it sounds not like a big deal, but it's really changing day-to-day life around our house. And actually, I wanted to share a really big win that I had at home. It was last week, Philip was working late and inevitably, it's always on those nights when Philip's working late, when some some things happen around the house that sh- that throw me for a loop. So I had gotten dinner ready, and I had plated everyone's bowls of chili, and I had completely set the table except for a couple of things. And I had told the older kids after I had buckled Dorothy into her high chair, I said, okay, I'm going to go use the restroom. You guys, please finish carrying over the dishes and then we'll sit down and say a prayer and we can get started on our dinner. And when I'm in the bathroom, I hear something happen out there. I'm not sure what. It sounded like someone dropped something. And I come out and Walt is nowhere to be found. There is a bowl of chili, a plastic bowl, so it didn't break, 
a bowl of chili turned over and the contents are all over the kitchen floor. And Walt is hiding. Jane says, Walt spilled his chili. And I realized in that moment that he was afraid of what my response was going to be. Because ordinarily, my response in a moment like that is frustration. I'll probably let out a big sigh because I'm frustrated because now we're going to sit down. By the time I've picked up the chili, everything will be cold. This was left overnight, so I don't have something else for him to eat. So I'm going to have to find something else for him to eat. And we have to get out the door because we have to get Jane to her American Heritage Girls meeting. Blah, 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 blah. So I have all those thoughts running through my head usually at those moments. But because I had been working with Brianna and realizing that life is not in my control, all I can do is do the right thing in the moment to respond to what's in front of me. So I realized that my son was fearful of what my response was going to be, and that did not make me feel good. So I worked really hard to control all of those thoughts that were running through my head. I paused, I took a deep breath, and I knew he was hiding in the family room. So I said toward the family room, Walt, I want you to know that it's okay to make mistakes and that this was an accident and that I'm not upset with you. So let's all say a prayer and we'll start on dinner and Walt, I'll find something else for you to eat. And you guys, (laughs) he came out from behind the couch and he was smiling and he looked at me. Sorry, it makes me a little emotional to talk about this. And he said, thanks, mom. And I realized that the anger that I had in response to these things where I thought it was about my control. I had been taking it out on the kids and it was a really big deal to me that he knew in that moment that I was not upset with him, that I was not upset that he had made a mistake or that there had been an accident and that we could move on and that I was able to control all of those emotions that I usually had in those moments. And we went on to have an awesome evening. So that was a really big win for me. And I'm, I'm so grateful to Brianna for helping me to figure out that it's really anxiety that I was struggling with, with all of those thoughts. And I'm just so proud of myself for having not just that moment, but over and over again this week when I'm starting to feel anxious and like I'm not in control of the situation, that that's actually okay. And when I take the time to think about it and I ask those really reflective questions, that I'm able to work through, through those moments without responding like I usually did in anger. Uh, this week, I'm working on my physical and spiritual goals I won't go through all of them since I've already gone a little bit long, but I have done really well so far this year with working on my exercise routine. I am hoping to create a list of audiobooks that I like to listen to while I'm exercising. If you have any recommendations for an audiobook, can you please send those to me? I would love to hear what books you are enjoying listening to. Also, I have been crowdsourcing recipes for our meal planning that we do on Sundays. And I have been so pleasantly surprised by all of your feedback on that. So thank you for sharing your recipes. 
Um, in terms of my spiritual goals, I really wanted to share with all of you something that is changing my spiritual life. One of my spiritual goals for this year is to do a consciousness examine. I've always known about the examine prayer that St. Ignatius of Loyola has recommended for years and years and years. But Father Mike Schmitz talked about what he calls a consciousness examine. He talked about it on his podcast. And so I typed up what he talked about in his podcast, and I would like to share that with all of you. So I'll put that in the show notes, just my transcript of Father Mike Schmidt's consciousness examine. Basically, it's the examine prayer, but it has a list of specific questions that have really helped me. So I like to, at the end of each day, I've learned I'm not very good about journaling with the consciousness examine. Instead, I just like to go through this list of questions and think mentally about what happened that day. So please take a look at that in the show notes. And I also wanted to ask all of you for your recommendations for spiritual books. I'm trying to read 12 this year, one for each month. And I know I definitely want the Scroop Tape Letters on there by C.S. Lewis, but I'd love to know if any of you have any other recommendations. I would love to hear them. Let's talk about distraction. Everyone struggles. And like I said in my introduction, I am not the expert. As Philip says, I'm only two chapters ahead in this book. (laughs) Um, I've been a mom for just shy of eight years. And I've had good times and bad times in terms of dealing with distraction. I would say that my old mindset and by old, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, I've had this shift. My old mindset was that social media and email are treats, and that I deserve to have treats throughout the day. So I'm going to open social media and email from friends and think of that as a way for me to connect with others. But upon reflection, (laughs) I realized that in reality, I've been turning email and social media into a complete black hole for myself, where I'll think I'm getting on for just a second, and then it'll turn into five minutes, and then it'll turn into 10 minutes because I'll open a link to an article, and then I'll start reading the article, and then I'll see the comments that people have on the Facebook post that it came from, and then that'll make me want to link to this group that I'm a part of where I'll want to share it with someone, and then I'll get a notification that someone commented on a photo that I shared, and then I'll click on that friend's profile because I want to see what's new with them, and then I'll comment on what's new with them, and then sooner than I realize, it's 15 minutes that has gone by, and I have Dorothy, our youngest, pulling on my legs and putting her arms up and saying, up, mama, up. And I'll have the preschooler saying, mom, come draw. And I'll realize that I have been completely distracted. And I resort during those times to saying, hold on, or one minute, and then five more minutes goes by. And when I make a habit of that, I have such terrible brain fog. And when I come back to what's in front of me, I feel like I'm in fire drill mode, the same way I feel like I'm in fire drill mode if I allow myself to be awoken by the kids instead of waking up before them and having my prayer and exercise time. So I leave that time of being on social media and email feeling like I'm left behind instead of feeling recharged. 
by that. And so I try to crawl back out of it and I feel guilty for allowing myself to get consumed with the social media or email. And then I feel like I'm behind on all the things that are in front of me, whether it's the pile of dishes that are left in the sink, the things that I'm supposed to be doing with the kids, whether it's their homework after school, or just getting down on the ground and playing with them or looking at the toddler in front of me who just wants to be held and feeling like I have allowed things to get out of control around me. And again, this goes back to the anxiety and perfectionism thing where just getting on social media for one minute makes me now feel after I've crawled back out of it as though things around me are completely out of control. And I also realized that I was treating the kids as a distraction from my vocation instead of my vocation in and of themselves. And I started resenting their needs for basic connection and their need to play. And also, a lot of this is coming from my realization in the last couple of years that despite my ability to enjoy being around people and having fun with them, that in big crowds and after big events, I am definitely an introvert and I need that time to come down from that connection with a lot of people. And as a, as a mom who's an introvert and a mom of young children, that's a big struggle because children do not understand the need that a mom has to go to the bathroom by herself <laughs> or just to have that downtime. And I am really struggling with that. I spoke with my spiritual director about that yesterday, and he said, yeah, that's just the cross that you have to learn how to carry. And I um, finally realized that he must struggle with the same thing as a priest who's in active ministry, who constantly has the demands of others put upon him, whether or not he's feeling emotionally able to do that that day. So that was a good insight for me, for our priests. Pray for our priests are constantly put upon by all of our needs. So I started to think, okay, what what's my game plan? What can I do to try and turn things around here? So I came up with a couple of ideas. I thought I'd share them here. I wanted to share them in the hopes that today could just start a conversation for all of us, that we all struggle with distraction. I know that I'm not alone in this. In fact, during my prayer time yesterday, I felt the Holy Spirit put that thought upon me. I posted a picture to Instagram of it, and I can't remember exactly how I worded it. It was something along the lines of, am I treating my vocation as a distraction or my distraction as my vocation? And I've been thinking about that a lot, and I came up with this list of things that I really want to work on this week and going forward on how I can help myself to battle distraction. So I'm not doing them perfectly so far, but here's what's helping me. First, I'm trying to set boundaries and expectations. That for me has started with my phone. I bought myself a new charger for my phone. My cell phone is going to be docked in my kitchen on the charger, and it's going to more or less become a landline during the day. Now, that being said, I really enjoy listening to podcasts and I really enjoy listening to audiobooks. So, if I have dedicated time where I'm folding laundry or I'm putting laundry away or a task like that where the kids do not need my attention 
and I can listen to something without having someone else need me, then I'll bring the phone with me. But aside from that, the phone is going to be a landline. And I am setting aside time to return text messages and to make phone calls during the day. So I am not going to respond to text messages right away anymore. I'm going to check my phone once first thing in the morning after I've had my morning prayer time, once at lunchtime, and then again around dinner time and before bed. And then I'm also, as an introvert, making sure I have set aside that time for my phone calls to happen all at once so that I don't feel stretched thin throughout the day with constant contact with people with a phone call or text messages. Okay, next thing, email. I am not grazing on email all day long. I am not constantly checking my email. I deleted my Gmail app on my phone, and I am only going to check my email twice a day. I have set aside 10 to 15 minutes to return my email correspondence each day. And lately that works best after the kids have gone to bed or after school drop off. Also, I have been really diligent about unsubscribing from everything, so that keeps my inbox unclogged and it makes checking email much faster. Also, with my phone, I am making my phone do less and my computer do more. I am creating new habits by making sure my computer is where I'm going for my email and Facebook For whatever reason, I don't struggle with Instagram as much as I struggle with Facebook, so Instagram is still on my phone. If any of you have figured out a way to post pictures to Instagram without using your phone, please let me know because I have not figured this out. If there's a way, then I am all about deleting Instagram off of my phone. So please tell me how to do this. Um, Also, I am recognizing the need to keep my phone in the kitchen at bedtime. And I bought myself a new alarm clock and I am keeping that on my dresser to wake me up in the morning instead of using my phone as my alarm clock. So that way I'm not tempted to check it one more time before bed. And I am also making sure that I am taking time for myself, giving myself grace with what my personality is as an introvert. So I'm setting aside setting aside time for myself in the afternoon to recharge. So that means for me, I enjoy reading. So I'm reading during the kids' afternoon nap time. And then another new habit that I have that's been really helpful is it's called in the full focus planner that I talked about at the introduction. Michael Hyatt likes to have you set aside your annual goals and then you come up with a weekly big three the three big things that are going to help you accomplish those annual goals for the week. And then even more specifically, each day you're supposed to come up with your daily big three. So having this focused attention on, okay, what are the three big things that I want to accomplish this day that at the end of the day, if I have accomplished these three things, I will feel like I've done the things that I was supposed to do. That has really been helpful for me, both in being really practical and figuring out what's time sensitive and what's really urgent that needs to get done. But bigger than that, what is God asking of me this day that's most important? Those of you who've heard of Stephen Covey, he has the four different quadrants based on what is urgent, non-urgent, important, and unimportant. And I probably I'm not the only one who's guilty of this, tend to push aside my vocation stuff. 
because the things that are related to my vocation as a wife and a mom seem to not be urgent, but they're important. Those are the things that I push aside and I instead replace it with the things that are on my traditional to-do list. Dusting, vacuuming, dishes, laundry, etc., etc., etc. The things that are not urgent but important, the connection time, the cuddling with the kids, the getting on the ground and playing, the eye-to-eye invested conversation with my spouse. Those are the things that are urgent, that are, excuse me, (laughs) that don't seem urgent, but they're very important. And it's easy to make sure that the things that are taking away my attention, the text message that's pinging into my phone is going to feel really urgent and get my attention. But in reality, it's not urgent and it may or may not be important. So I'm trying to really focus on making sure my vocation stuff, the things that are not urgent but are important, are getting to the top of my list. So those are the things that I'm putting on my daily big three in my planner. And I'm putting the rest of the stuff in the rest of my to-do list. So my daily big three things mainly have focused on one, my prayer and exercise, two, my marriage, and three, my children. Outside of that, if something else makes it into my daily big three, it's because there is something that is both urgent and important that has to happen that day. So that's been awesome for me to decide on what are the minimum things that I need to do to make sure that things are running smoothly around here because I'm doing what God has put in front of me for the day. And because I'm so focused on those things, it has been way easier for me to make sure the other things on my to-do list are getting done as well because I have a much more singular focus on where my attention needs to be. I suddenly have way more time because I have tunnel vision almost on where God is wanting me to be that day. And it's a lot easier for me to prioritize. It's a lot easier for me to say no to the things that I'm not supposed to be doing that day. And it's made the vocation stuff that's not urgent, but important, get to the top of my list. And it's actually happening. We're reading a lot more. Our read aloud has Time has been awesome. I'm sitting down on the ground and playing with the kids. And let me tell you, ladies, I am not naturally a really good player with the kids. I have to work really, really hard to say, yeah, let's play magnet tiles or let's do Barbie time or whatever it is that the child in front of me is asking me to do. Those are the things that are really helping me to battle distraction right now. I'm setting boundaries and expectations. I'm letting people know I'm not going to answer the text or the email right away. The phone is becoming a landline. I'm using my computer for social media and email, and I'm checking it very sparingly. I'm giving myself grace with myself as an introvert, setting aside the time to recharge. And then I'm focusing on my daily big three, making sure that the things that are not urgent but important that are part of my vocation are making it to the top. I would love to hear your feedback. Maybe you're still struggling with distraction like I am, and I want to hear about that. I want to know what you're struggling with specifically in terms of distraction. Maybe for you, it's not social media and it's something else. Another thing I struggle with is making housework a distraction from my vocation as a mom. 
and not playing with the kids enough. So maybe that's you too. I want to hear about that. I also would love to hear what you're doing to battle distraction, how you're fighting it, and the practical things that are helping you. Please send me an email with that feedback at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Otherwise, you can leave a comment in the show notes at katherineboucher.com or find me on Facebook as well. Before next time, be sure to subscribe to the show. And if you could leave a rating and a review in iTunes, that is going to help the show to get in front of as many listeners as possible. Thank you so much for listening. I know how precious your time is, and I'm so grateful to you for sharing it with me. And I hope that this show is giving you hope and giving you a little grace and helping you to realize that you're not alone in all of this. But most importantly, don't be afraid to begin again. And please share what you heard while you were folding.